the Data Driven Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we explore how to transform your company and career through data-driven decision-making. Want to become a data storytelling aficionado? Then sit back, relax, and get ready to unlock the true potential of your data. Here's the host of the Data Driven Podcast, Dominic Bohan. Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast, where we dive deep into how to extract more value from your data, helping professionals transform complex data into compelling narratives that drive clear business decisions. I'm your co-host and the co-founder of Story IQ, Dominic Bohan. And today we're going to discuss how the best organizations use data to optimize procurement. Joining us is Adnan Karabek, who is the Senior Solutions Consultant at Workday, a leading provider of enterprise cloud applications. Workday applications for financial management, human resources, planning, spend management, and analytics which are built on artificial intelligence and machine learning at the core to help organizations around the world embrace the future of work. Workday is used by more than 10,000 organizations across the world and across industries, from medium-sized businesses to more than 50% of the Fortune 500 list. Today, Adnan and I are going to discuss data-driven decision-making in procurement. Okay, here's my conversation with Adnan Karabey, Senior Solutions Consultant at Workday. So Adnan, for those in our audience who aren't familiar with a procurement function at a big company, what do they do? How do they help at the organization? All right. Hi, Dominic. Thanks for having me. So procurement functions typically are tasked with helping businesses optimize their cost by identifying the right providers with the right service for the right costs, really, in that situation. So procurement teams work with their business stakeholders to draft up the specifications for the services they need, negotiate the contracts with the vendors, and effectively help reduce the amount of money that they pay for these services, which is then reflected in the bottom line of the organization. So it's really a cost optimization function within an organization. Okay, so the main value is to bring down cost. The main value here. Tell us a little bit more. Does it go beyond just, is this sort of old school procurement, let's just slash costs as much as possible? You certainly have that too. But I guess it's more about value for money, if you think about it. Value for money and what value for money means for lots of organizations is to have the right product with the right specifications at the right time for a cost or for a price that they think is fair was reflected in the market as fair reflection of the market price. No one wants to overpay for services. Obviously, you might want to underpay or you might want to slash your cost so that's really low, but you run the risk of a service default because the services that you purchase from that particular vendor might not be up to the requirements that you have. So for that reason, you want to ensure that you get the best value for as little as possible. It's really just a balancing act between cost and quality. Okay. So this is something probably a lot of people, if they've never worked in procurement, can relate to because it's something we all do when we make purchases. We want to get as much value as possible. That could be cost. What are some of the other components that a procurement professional might be measured on other than delivering a provable bottom line cost reduction or saving? It's certainly pace 
pace to market, you want to make sure that you get those services as quickly as possible because they're in most cases they're business critical. We're talking about significant investments into into the business, for instance. There's a range of services that you can buy, and you probably will have to look at each individual expense or each individual cost item by its own to understand what the value is that you're getting. If I can give you an example, if you think about your office setup, all the material that you need on a day-to-day basis, like your pens and paper, etc., they're not really that business critical. So if you can't find a pen, you can probably take your notes on your laptop. Or So for that reason, those items, if you purchase those items for an organization, the main thing that you would have in mind is to be able to optimize your costs to get it as cheap as possible because a pen is a pen really from provider A or to but if you take it to the next level, if you think about a software solution like an ERP solution, like an enterprise resource management application, where it touches your your financial accounts, your human resources records, your it works with data that yep. you have on your system. So, Adnan, can you just define an ERP for us? What's that acronym? So ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning, and it's really a solution that manages your end-to-end processes within your finance and patients. Which means if you think about hiring someone, set up the record in your system, you create a profile around that individual, then you pay that individual through or through the HR firm capabilities in your ERP. Your ERP also manages your financial accounts. That means your GL accounts and your profit and loss, your balance sheet, basically anything that leaves your organization as an expense or comes into your organization as income or revenues captured on your profit and loss statements. So the ERP is the solution that you use to capture all these activities and transactions. Mm. So if you think about that, the complexity that you require to implement such a solution, typically you grow into that solution. So you start with something small, maybe books or any other software that you can get from the, on the market. And then you, as your organization grows, your solution grows. But then at some point, you will have to go out to market and you will have to look for the best provider for your requirements. And that activity is typically supported by a procurement manager or large organizations supported by a procurement manager. And a procurement manager in that case ensures that you compare apples for apples, make sure that your requirements are, are brought together and listed so that you exactly know what you're actually going out to market for, what you need in terms of capabilities, what you need in terms of you know, outcomes from that particular vendor that you're searching for. And then they ensure that they negotiate with that vendor and make sure that you achieve a price that you know you're, you, you find fair to pay for that sort of service. So it's it you know it's then the value that procurement brings in. It's not just the it's not just the price comparison. It's not just the negotiation, but it's also the market analysis, understanding, identifying the various vendors out in the market, understanding what their what their strengths and weaknesses are, understanding how to you know what to look for in the process of selecting those vendors, and then making a guide a business to make the right decision in certain selecting a provider, and that requires a lot of data. Sorry, you had a question. No, keep going. I was just going to bring it round to data because I think that's a great summary of what a procurement professional does. And so how can procurement professionals be more data-driven and use data to their advantage? It requires a lot of data. The data, in that process, you capture a lot of data. You look at the market. You know, if you want to start with an internal view, you first want to know how much you're paying for those services. So you might have a fragmented landscape of various software solutions that provide the same outcome to you that one provider will provide. 
what you have in the market, right? So think about it from a consolidation perspective. So you have five software solutions and they all come together to to provide you an end-to-end enterprise management service. So then you'll go out to market and look for one particular supplier because you think you can achieve better economies of scale if you give one, if you select one provider who can provide you with all five services that you get five different so now you, what you want to do is you want to understand how much you're paying for these supplies. So you have first look at internally and you go through your data and you analyze and you want to understand what is it really that, you know, at the end of the year or on an annualized basis, I pay to these vendors. So how can I compare against the prices that I can achieve in the market? For that, you'll have to go into your P&L statements. So into your balance, into your profit statement, you have to look at how much you pay for the particular vendor. It's a very cumbersome activity because you need to bring that data out of your financial management system. It's typically mm-hmm. a, a raw data download. If it's not an advanced, the solution doesn't have advanced analytics capabilities. So you're basically looking at spreadsheets with lots of rows, with lots of columns, and you have to comb through that spreadsheet to understand where these costs fall or which categories these costs fall into and categorize your spend to understand what is what you're specifically paying for that particular service. I've done it in my past. You've done it in your past. It's a, it's a very cumbersome activity. It takes you really days if it's a large organization and has lots and lots of spend. We're looking at thousands of line items you need to comb through and you need to find ways to actually cut through the data in a quick way, but they'll be able mm. to ascertain what you're actually paid for these services. So that's your internal view and that's some activity but then you have your all the external view because the market that you're going to look at so you first you look at a distribution of the market you look at who are your providers the best way to do that is to look at market size of your providers to look at who's dominating the market what are some of the challenger brands that are up there and then so you can then define a strategy for yourself where you see yourself you might want to go with one of the bigger providers because it's convenient it's risk-free or supposedly risk-free because they have a brand name and you, you can trust that brand or you might want to go to a smaller who provides you with a lot more services because they're a lot more flexible and they're hungry to grow you want to understand that and to be able to understand that you got to look at market size you got revenue you look at penetration in various markets so it's just it's data again you use that data manipulate the data rank the suppliers and then you decide who you want to go out to and who you actually want to request a proposal from for the particular services you require and that's where it gets into the nitty of the data analysis when you come into an RFP process and you receive the responses with the price with the various prices they have submitted these can be complex depending on what you're asking for so you have to compare that data or you have to compare the different price points that you've received from the various vendors there's various ways you can go about it you know create various excel spreadsheets graphs etc but what you want to do is you just want to compare apples for apples so you want to find the common denominator across all your vendors and compare your pricing against it so be able to make sure to find the right price in the market and that's where you need to be very meticulous in analyzing analyzing proposal data or you know proposals that you receive from your supplier because it's not just the quantitative data that you find in the price but it's also the qualitative data that you find in the written proposal because there might be variations in the services that they provide to you so you might want to look at you might want to want to look into the details of this that they're providing and capture those find a way to identify them filter them out compare them again 
each other. And this is where you go into the into the qualitative analysis of you know the service quality that you receive from your from the particular vendors. So that's an element where, as a procurement professional, you need to be trained to look into those things as well, and to be able to you know to be able to identify them, bring them to the front, and just show your stakeholders the differences in these solutions so that there's no surprises at the end because there's lots of horror stories of people horror story you know no one dies in the business world but there is there is a bit you know there's horrible mistakes made where people comparing prices just going for the lowest price just going for a price that they think is appropriate but then they realize it's quality and what they're actually contracted for is not what they were what they wanted so it ends up being a lot because they have to spend a lot more to rectify the mistakes made earlier when you're choosing a vendor and you want to avoid that you want to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting from the beginning when you sign that agreement and that's why it's really important to look into the integrity of the data okay this is a great example that i think our listeners are going to be able to relate to even if they've never worked in procurement I think everyone listening to this podcast that's worked with data, has an interest in data, will be able to relate to this challenge of you've got some limited data, quantitative data, things like prices that you might get in an RFP or request for proposal from suppliers. But then you've got all this qualitative information about the services they're going to provide. You might have reviews, you might have market analysis, as you said, Adnan, about their position in the market. All of this information, and as you said, you've got to bring it in front of a stakeholder and ultimately provide a recommendation. And so can you tell us some techniques, perhaps some techniques that can be generalized even beyond procurement for taking data that is very unstructured, very not tidy, very not complete, and overlaying some human judgment, some expertise that's not in a structured format at all, and then distilling that into an actionable insight or a recommendation yeah we can i mean we can stay with that example of the proposals because that's mm. unstructured data if you think about it it's mm. not just i mean there's the yeah. structured data and unstructured data in that unstructured data is really the service proposal or the service quality the service levels that they're proposing it's various it's data that you or it's a lot of data points that you have that you need to look at and compare and the way you structure it is really you, you'll have to find across all your proposals so if you go out to three four wins and you want to compare those vendors the way you structure it was really to make sure you break it down to the smallest unit of what you're getting the common denominator across all your you went out to because they all have the same denominator you made sure at the beginning when you drafted your request for that proposal when you drafted it you made sure that you captured all your requirements so your requirements that you have captured at the beginning are basically the structure that you want to apply later mm -hmm. to that unstructured data so you want to look at the various service levels that they're proposing and when i say service levels it could be if we're talking about if we're talking about software for instance it could be software uptime or software downtime or the support responses on any issues that you experience with the software so those are data points that you can structure that you can compare against each other across your vendors and be able to obtain which service or which proposal you actually prefer and which is more beneficial to you so it's similar to a the overall service the capabilities that you receive so if you stay with that software example it's really difficult to distinguish between each of the providers if you don't have a structure that you're looking for right at the beginning because a lot of them 
will provide you with the same outcome. So, you know, you get from A to B. Yes, that's correct. But it matters how you get from A to B from an organizational standpoint, because if you have a clunky user experience, for instance, then your adoption of that software will be very low. So you will have a difficulty to get from A to B. And you want to ensure that you provide the best service, but also the best user experience for users so that the uptake of that solution is much more across your business. Your change management effort is much lower and you have a better time, you have a better utilization solution that you bought and ultimately which will deliver a better outcome for your organization because it's all it's all captured within your application. It's all digital. It's easy to use. People love it. And, you know, it's it makes more sense for you. So if you're not able to identify that in the process, then you will have to deal with that later. With that. And the way you identify mm. user experience, obviously you can look at the various presentations that you receive from your vendors, but you also have to boil it down to what actually is a measurable content. Because if you look at presentations, they're all going to look nice. They're going to hit. They're all going to convince you that they're good, that they have a great user experience, but the actual detail or the important points will be in the detail. And you have to find ways to structure them, to capture them, to evaluate them and be able to, you know, surface them basically out of the, the richness of all the unstructured data that you have to be able to make that decision at the end. So could we say that designing an RFP or a request for quotes from suppliers is a little bit like designing a good survey? It's about asking the right questions because once you've got the answers, it's too late, right? If you ask the wrong yeah. questions, you get crappy data and you can't really make sense of it. All you get is maybe some corporate buzzwords about how great they are. And I'm sure we've all seen examples of that. So can we drill into that a little bit? Because I know that's an area that a lot of people would probably like to develop their skills in. How can we ask really good questions that force the question answerer to reveal something honest and reveal something useful to us? Yeah, it, it is pretty much like a good survey. It is asking the right questions. It is making it simple. So you know, most of the time people ask questions they think are important, but they're too vague. They're not specific enough. They're not, they don't really go down to the problem or they don't surface the pain point that you have. With so it's really mm. asking simple, specific questions to get the right answers from, from your vendors and that's how you how you ensure that you get the more get quality responses from your supplier so if you go out to market or if you're at a point where you say oh i have this particular service i need to sort my organization the way you want the way you want to approach it is sit down with your business stakeholder who's the main user of that particular service or the consumer of that service and ask them what they want to get out of it what is the what are the specific things that they need from that particular vendor that you want to ensure is part of the proposal and you start at the top so you start with the overall story and then you break it down into the detail of each of the elements so once you know the overall outcome you can then drill down on each of the important factors of it or each of the components of that overall outcome and then make it more specific around the components so that you're able to compare the results later on in a much easier fashion but also provide the vendor clarity on 
what you need from them. Take your time. No rush. Sorry about that. No, no worries. So that you, where was I? So once you, you want to, it's not just that you want to be in the position to compare or you want to be in the best position to compare those results later on when you result them from a vendor, but you want to give those vendors also all the details that they need to provide their best response to you. Because, you know, we don't want to assume that they have, that they have bad intentions, these vendors. They don't want to rip mm -hmm. you off. They, everyone's convinced about their product. Right. So everyone knows the benefits of their product and they think it's actually mm -hmm. the right product in the market. So they want to go out and find new business for their product. So it's not that we, it's not that all these vendors are out there to trick you into buying their services, which they do not believe in. But it's really just about you being very specific about what you need. Because if you have, if you're specific, a lot of these vendors will also turn away and say, okay, we cannot do this for you. But, you know. You might want to explore it with a different provider, or you might want to look at it in a different way. Because there's ways how you want to go, how you can go about it as a vendor. So I'm working on the vendor side. What I, what if we cannot provide some of these services? I suggest alternatives, or I suggest businesses to look at their processes, for instance, and to change their processes. Maybe if they really want to want to work with us, but. There are situations where we would say, oh, we can't, we cannot do that. And you can only do that if you're very specific in what you require. And, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you want to provide a good customer experience for your customer. And every vendor has that as a strategic objective for their good customer experience. They want their customers to be happy and they can only be happy if they're providing the right services. So sometimes the vendor saying, no, we can't deliver. We're not going to respond to your RFP is actually a good sign. It's a good that you've sign. done your homework yeah, well. Yeah, pretty much. It's a good sign. So, you know, in that, in those cases, you can actually, as a procurement professional, you can, if you really want to work with that vendor, obviously you can, you know, you can start identifying why and looking for the why they cannot provide services and see if you want to make it work in some way or in some shape or form. But a vendor coming back and saying, oh, we cannot provide these services is actually a good thing because it will save you a lot of trouble later on. And save them time, right? And Which is the right thing to do. Exactly. Okay, fantastic. So takeaway here that I'm extracting is really be very specific about what you want and then ask specific and detailed questions and then further follow-up questions, drill down until you get to the smallest, most granular pieces of qualitative data that you can extract from a vendor. And I think a lot of these techniques are generalizable beyond procurement. And by extracting as much detailed information as possible, that's what's going to allow you to make the closest to an objective, that coveted like-for-like -like comparison. You've got the price, that's the easy thing to compare. And then all of these intangibles we're going to be able to wait and measure them as best we can by following this process of being incredibly specific. That's correct. That's a good summary of it. So, and it really comes down to that. And that it will save you a lot of trouble later. And it will save a lot of trouble for the business actually making the choice for a particular vendor later on if they, you know, if they, you need some sort of planning security around the cost that you are incurring by selecting a new vendor. If you have a proposal that will cost you half a million dollars for a particular software, for instance, plus another half a million to implement that software that's significant cost and that's you want to ensure that we're actually making the right choices from the beginning and that's why those decisions also take a long time to make but there's lots of people involved in reviewing then it's also human nature that everyone you know anyone making those decisions they don't want to be exposed by being being wrong so it's really important to it's really important to get that right at the beginning so that you don't have all these issues later again very generalizable 
to data problems in general. Once you've failed to capture the right data, whether it's unstructured data in a request for proposal to suppliers, or whether it's the way you've set up your system to capture data that's input by users. Once you've set that up and then you've just got your extract and you're working with it, it's basically too late, right? Absolutely. And I, you know, just we're talking about procurement here, but the way I like to describe procurement is really just a decision-making process. Yeah. It's a structured way to make a decision and that we call it procurement, but with anything that where you're making a decision, what you're, what you're want to do at the beginning is you want to get the details right of what you're making that decision on or what you're basing the decision on. You have your options you're going to choose from. You want to make sure that you compare them based on the same factors. And, you know, if you if you make this about dinner, you'll have the, you make the same choice. You could call it a procurement of dinner, but, you know, you, mm. you determine what you want to eat at the beginning and then you look at your choices. You go out to the restaurant or you look at the restaurants you want to go to a restaurant and you choose the one that actually satisfies your requirements the best right so it's really a procurement process it's a process and you can only do that if you really know what you want if you don't know what you want at the beginning then you will have a difficult time mm. to choose the restaurant you want to go to or even choose the meal you want to eat to at that restaurant so it's really comes down to that okay very thorough do you apply this procurement process when you go on a date <laughs> sounds like it could be a difficult situation I do you do. ask a bunch of questions <laughs> see where they want to go what kind of food they like what's their price range put it in an excel spreadsheet no i don't you know some things you can just do in your head you don't need to follow that strict process it just depends on the complexity but you know if you go on a date much you probably go to the restaurant you always go to because you know good food you know the bar is good you know, the ambience is nice, so it's an easy choice. Nice. Thanks. I think that's a great, great little summary there that I think everyone will be able to relate to. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Data Driven Podcast. Thanks to Adnan Karab, Senior Solutions Consultant at Workday for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Adnan and I will discuss dealing with dirty data. If you can't wait till our next episode and would like to learn more about Adnan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website at workday.com. Just one link in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com, where we have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. And if you want to share your most compelling narratives with our audience of data storytellers, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Data Driven Podcast. You can always reach out to us on social media. Our handle is StoryIke on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle on Twitter is at Bohan Dominic. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed tomorrow. That's all for today. Until next time, remember when it comes to data, less is more.